is, um, it's my honor to welcome these two. You all have met them before. You know them. Uh, Sarah Weedle and Chip Taylor are leading the charge, leading the charge in our student life along with a bunch of adult volunteers, coaches that you have that are serving. And it's been a busy summer. It's been an awesome summer. It's been awesome. It's been busy. You've been, been you've been running. I was thinking about our interns. You're gonna, you want to sit down because it's been so busy. We can do that. We can sit. Yeah, We're going to sit this morning because it's been a long summer. I was thinking it's about our interns summer. who have been awesome. Our interns, They've been the best. So rock good. stars. If you haven't met them yet, you need to re- meet them this morning. They'll be hanging out in the lobby afterwards, but they're headed back home. Um, Maddie is from Indiana, and she's headed back to Indiana. Peyton is from Pennsylvania. Are you going back to Pennsylvania and then to Oklahoma City for school? He's going to go climb a mountain and then go to Oklahoma. Go climb a mountain. As you do when you're in college and have lots of energy. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Uh, I was thinking about all the activity this summer and connections with students. And a couple questions. Um, Give us just a quick rundown of your schedule. When you weren't at camp, there were a number of camps you were at. But a weekly schedule, there was something almost every single day. Give us a quick rundown. Yeah, yeah. We had the five different camps we were a part of. But then Mondays, we did crafts with students and just hung out. Obviously, the district, uh, the trailhead was always full. Uh, and then Tuesdays, we did uh, our high school pool parties. Wednesdays, we did Bible study. And then afterwards, played basketball and cornhole. Thursday nights was middle school pool party. Friday nights, we napped. <laughs> I was thinking... <laughs> <laughs> that was what we did on Friday. I mean, I just, I'm tired just thinking about that. So craft day, middle school party, or um, high school pool party, Bible study and basketball on Wednesdays, middle school pool party on Thursdays, awesome. sleep on Fridays, and then Saturdays were crazy, a lot of different yeah, events, and then, and then Sunday mornings. And um, I went, I, I was picking up my youngest son at the middle school party this week, and I walked into the backyard and it was packed with students. I mean, it was crazy. There were probably 30 kids there and adults. And We had some really amazing families who hosted us every week um, yeah. and fed us. And so we're super grateful for that. To yeah, make yeah, yeah. Possible. Thank you for hosting. The, um, uh, the, the, the fire chief was there because I think we had broke some rules or something. But it was, it was all okay. Not really. He wasn't. Um, great summer. Great activity. Uh, you, you gave me a number of students that were connected at some point during the summer. Do you remember that number? I think 133, somewhere in there. We're connected through camps and pool parties, 133 students. Yeah, 133 students getting involved, which is just incredible that in a summer when so many people, many of you were gone for like four, five, six, ten weeks this summer because you were taken off going to different places. We were able to, to engage and impact over 130 kids through the camps. And uh, I just love that we're a church that wants to invest in that. Now, we're going to have a little conversation this morning that we're inviting you guys, all of you, into. And one of the first things we want to talk about is generations. All of us are a part of a generation. And I have a list here for you to identify yourself and tell the person you're sitting next to which generation you're in, and I want you to tell them why you have the best generation, the greatest generation. Give them just one reason you're the best generation. So go ahead and tell your neighbor what generation and why it's the best. You got it?
So I just want to say, the only person, the only person uh, that quickly stood up was Eric Batchelor to give the X, the X generation. And he's right. That is the best generation that exists in our world today. No. Um, we could have lived yeah. without them putting the ages up there. That would have been a little better for that. We got ages. We got ages. So, um, and I'm not quite sure, you know, where they all got their name, who defined them. But there's something interesting about every generation. And what we know is that the generation that we're raised in, whether or not we like it, it shapes us in one way or another. There are certain things that happen in each generation, uh, both with the parents who raise us, the grandparents who are connected to us, but just the overall cultural shift that takes place from generation to generation. Now, uh, Sarah is a millennial. and uh, <laughs> There's no applause. We get a bad rap. You get a bad rap. We do. Yeah, yeah. But it's good. It's a good generation. Fine. We're a great generation. It is, yeah. Chip and I, um, we land in Generation X. And Generation X is interesting. We're one of the only generations uh, that, I mean, the ones before us would kind of know this, but uh, when technology began to break on the scene, there was a sound that we would hear that a lot of younger generations don't know this sound. You guys remember that sound? Younger generations have no idea what that sound is. That sound is connectivity to the World Wide Web. The World Wide Web. Millennials, you have no idea what we went through to get connected. I was there connected. for part of it, the you, beginning. Yeah, a little I bit of that it. Sound. Yeah, you have mail. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what we want to do here, just for a second, is we want to have a little conversation about what is called Generation Z, Gen Z. And Gen Z makes up uh, most of our student ministry right now and the, the students that you're working with. And there are some unique characteristics here. Now, uh, one of the tendencies we have is to see characteristics and think negatively about characteristics. I don't want us to do that. Uh, there are some positives to these. There are some challenges that you'll see, but there are, some, there are some positives to these things. So there are four unique characteristics. Barna's done a lot of research. Um, uh, uh, Fuller Youth Institute did a lot of research that we looked at and some others. And these are the four unique characteristics. So let's, let's talk through these unique characteristics. The first one, I mean, Chip, you, like, you talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Screenagers, right? So uh, this generation from the very beginning has grown up with screen in their hand, right? And uh, so we know that, uh, you know, they say that 57% of students spend at least four hours a day on their screen. And then as a parent, I'm like, yeah, I knew that. I was telling that. And then they said, and adults, exactly the same. Now, hold on. I want you to catch that. That's crazy, So we usually think about this. So student, or Gen Z, they grow up looking at a screen over four hours a day. And we like to point our fingers and go, yeah, yeah, I keep telling them to get off that screen. You know who they learned it from? Yeah, look in the mirror. It's us. Like, we are 
creating what we see right in front of us. And so we got to be careful about pointing our fingers when we're the ones who have handed them some of the, the challenges. Yeah, and so much of what they do is, you know, it's just Google it, right? So they might come and up, ask you a question, you know, like, hey, when was World War II or whatever it is? And you're like, oh, I think it was now. Like, by the time you answer, they've already pulled it up on their screen, right? They're already looking at it and they're fact-checking you and making sure you're right. And they'll definitely tell you, you know, if you're <laughs> not right, right? Everything is just, even their theology, like, what does this mean in the Bible? Google it, right? That's just kind of the way. And from the very beginning, from birth, that's what they have done is, is, is been connected to screen, which obviously has, you know, a lot of advantages and then some challenges. Yeah, think about how awesome, like, technology has, has allowed us to be connected to answers in many ways or other things that we're looking for, like, at the drop of a hat. Anybody remember the uh, Encyclopedia Britannica? Anybody? Like, door-to-door -door salesman? Anybody sell them door-to-door? And so, like, if we wanted to study something, if we were writing a paper, we had to take out, like, 20 books. We had to go find encyclopedias. I didn't have the Britannica. I had the Charlie Brown encyclopedia. And none of my teachers would accept it. It was crazy. Um, I actually still have one of those books. It's a, it's a great encyclopedia. <laughs> but there's some great connectivity things for all of us when it comes to screens and technology. But the challenge becomes getting lost in it and being sucked in and, and guided by technology to certain directions. And if you haven't seen, what's the, uh, the social Netflix? Social Dilemma. Yeah, Social Dilemma. Social Dilemma is on Netflix. If you haven't seen it, I would encourage you to watch it just because it talks a lot about what's happening behind the scenes when it comes to social media and, and some of the, the digital connection that we, that we have. Diversity off the charts for the next generation, uh, for Generation Z. It is the most diverse generation, and their connection is global. And so uh, w w the, the, the older generations, there's, there's a, a, a mono look. It's, it's a pretty single uh, look at, at what diversity looks like, and these new generations have a lot more diversity in thought, in, in uh, ethnicity, those, those sorts of things. I found this interesting success was was marked in many different ways. Uh, talk about that for the next next gen. Yeah, so they value professional achievement higher than any other generation um, and the idea of success. And um, that is, I think, interesting. Like even my generation, that wasn't, I don't think, the number one pursuit, um, but they just desire to have successful lives and to achieve a lot professionally. Financial security, mm -hmm. like on, on Generation Z, as they, as they answer a lot of questions, financial security is really important to them. Now, some of you parents are probably thinking, well, I sure hope so. Like, I hope that they have financial security and can, can move on. But if you think about what's happened in, our, in, in the last 20 years in our country, you think about the Great Recession that took place, that shapes the next generation, and they're looking for some financial security because they walk through one of those moments in time when finances were taken away from the generations. And then um, let's talk about this just for a second, the post-Christian world and globally connected that students are today. They're, they're being raised in a completely different world than we were raised in. Yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing. You know, obviously they at any moment pull out their phone and they can see what's happening around the globe at any second. Um, uh, George Barnes says that this generation is only 4% do they have a biblical worldview, right? So that means that most of the students that we're going to work with, 96% of them don't have a biblical worldview. Uh, so obviously that will create, create some challenges. 
one of those challenges that we see that kind of is interconnected in all of this is their, one of their greatest needs is for face-to-face, -face, but the technology has made it difficult for them to do that at a high skill level because they stay in that safe zone of looking at their screen and they'd rather text it. And so they need face-to-face, -face, they need community, they need a student ministry program, they need a church that surrounds them, uh, but then their skills aren't the same developed as maybe it would have been in previous generations. So that, that global pull is there, their awareness of, more aware of any, than any generation of what's happening around the world, yeah. which then leans into their, also their desire emotionally to connect with it, right? So they're very passionate about certain causes and certain social justice things and things they can be a part of. Um, because of that global awareness. Yeah, yeah. You said they're the most purpose-driven generation. Like they are aware of the issues in our culture, in our world, and they want to do something about it and may just not necessarily know how. Yeah. But I think it's amazing that they see their purpose in those bigger world issues. Yeah, yeah. They see things globally that a lot of times we missed because there wasn't the information. There, there, we weren't as connected as they are today. I want to talk about real quick, the, you, you mentioned only 4% with a biblical worldview. Now, come on, let's think about that. Only 4% of this next generation has an understanding of what we would call a biblical worldview, understanding how to see the world through the lens of scripture and what God has given us. We're doing something specific with that to target that, and that is called Alpha. Um, when is Alpha coming up for our students? Yeah, so we're doing Alpha Youth in October, and it's a video series that basically just sets the foundation of faith. Um, it talks about who is Jesus? What is the gospel? What is my purpose? Just these um, foundational questions of faith. So we're walking through that with our students in October. We're super excited because um, we just think laying um, the groundwork of faith is really important for this generation, that we can't expect them to know certain things or to have a biblical worldview, um, but we have to lay that foundation for them. Yeah, so, so October, if you have students and they have friends who have just even questions about faith or the Bible, October, there's four weeks where we're going to walk through Alpha. If you're an adult and you're thinking, I wish they had that for adults, like an Alpha, like a baseline for adults, we actually kick that off in September here at the church. So we do have an Alpha for adults. You're not left out. You're in the middle of it. So we've got Alpha for adults coming up as, as well. Let's talk real quick about desires and needs of this next generation. And you mentioned one of them. You, you, you gave us uh, kind of the, the root of this, relational connection. And that's not talking about digital connection because digital connections off the charts, relational, they need face-to-face. -face. Yeah, you know, when we watched a lot of the news media the last couple of years, you know, a lot of it's focused on adults and what adults are doing to fix it or their reaction to it or whatever. But the impact on students for us is massive, right? Because they were in front of their screen constantly just looking, you know, no interaction. And so the impact of not having that social connection uh, was, a, was, was massive. I don't yeah. know how to just put it. It just was a, just a massive uh, experience for them, very challenging, created a lot of loneliness, uh, depression, anxiety, a lot of mental challenges that we're facing still today. We'll have to walk out now for, for, for several, several years with these students uh, because of uh, the lack of the social interaction. That's yeah. The second thing here um, mentions... Students need a safe place to wrestle with honest, relevant questions. And they are looking for that. Students are looking for a place to ask their real questions. And a lot of times we create environments where students feel like they cannot ask questions. And so we want to be a church that gives a safe place for, for students to, to really wrestle with the things that they're seeing 
um, that they are confronted with or that they are um, finding globally. They need to have a place to ask the questions and wrestle with that. And when you bring that safe place together with a biblical Christ-centered worldview, you have a beautiful picture of God and his spirit beginning to transform this generation for his good and to bring about kingdom good in the world. Which leads us to the third one, which is a great phrase that I think Barna came up with, uh, Kinnaman actually, David Kinnaman, vocational discipleship. What is that? What is that? Vocational discipleship. Yeah, so I think in the past, we've, discipleship has just been like this segment where we teach them about Jesus and the gospel, and then they go home, and that's it. But they're saying that this generation needs a holistic gospel. They need holistic discipleship where um, they realize that their faith isn't just a part of their week, but faith actually interacts with every part of their life. Um, so their vocation, their purpose, their sexuality, their culture, um, that faith actually speaks into every single one of those areas, and it's not just this small quadrant of their life yeah um so yeah discipleship yeah. in all areas of their yeah. life all of us as humans tend to segment our lives right so we have the church side over here we have the spiritual side and then we have our vocation and we have our hobbies and uh, a holistic view of the gospel says that that when when we move from death to life we do so in all arenas of our lives so your vocation is actually your ministry your vocation is your ministry. God wants to use wherever you are, whatever skills and abilities he's given you, he wants to use those for his kingdom good in this world. And we don't just need to learn that as adults, but we need to, to disciple our kids vocationally, our students vocationally, so that they can bring about kingdom good in whatever arena they find themselves moving into. Um, some barriers to faith, let's just talk about, let's just be really honest about barriers to faith for the next generation. And this happens um, some of these happen to be the same that all of us have. The first one is this. There's evil in the world. How many of you know there's evil in the world? Yes, it's all over. We see evil in the world, and that becomes one of the biggest barriers for faith for all of us. That's not unique to this, this Generation Z. Second one, hypocrisy. Students don't like to see hypocrisy. It drives them crazy, and they see it quickly. They can identify it, and so when we bring our lives into alignment with our beliefs, uh, and we, we are authentic people who have been transformed by the gospel. They love to see the truth of who we are and the things that we've wrestled with. There's a huge tension between faith and science in our world. And I think a lot of times in the church, we have failed to have the conversations that are important. Um, because I believe, we believe, we've talked about this, we believe there's this beautiful um, picture of faith and science together in a way that can explain God as the author of all creation. Uh, and there, there's so much beauty in that if, if we can have that, that true conversation. And then injustice in the past. The church has to be honest about our challenges of the past, the things that we've done where we've made mistakes. And when we're not honest about our injustice in the past, it makes it difficult to trust and go forward in the future. And um, students are, are, are looking for that. It becomes a little barrier. It's why many walk away from the church and never, never come back. Um, there's this statement that I want to uh, bring up real quick. Uh, this is from uh, one of the studies that was done by Fuller Youth Institute, uh, interviewing a, a young uh, teenager, and she said this, a lot of my friends don't really want to go to their church. A lot of her friends, she said, didn't want to go to their church, but she said, we want to go to our church, like we, we want to be there, and the older people in our church can see that, so they want us to be there. This is what I want 
for our church, McDowell. Don't you want this? Don't you want students to be here? Now listen, it's, it's a messy proposition. It's a messy proposition, but it's a beautiful one. We want students to be in the middle of the life of this church. We want students to be leading at every level here. We want them to be on the platform when we lead worship. You're seeing more and more of them here. Um, if you look around, uh, Caleb's down here on uh, the, is this camera one? Is this camera one? Camera three. Caleb's on camera three today. We got Charlie back on camera one. Is that camera one? Yep. We've got students everywhere, and we want... Grant's back there on the, on the screen back there. Oh, yeah, Hi. Grant's on the lights What's back up, here. Grant? Yeah, yeah, there's Grant. Yeah, we had students at all the doors today. We want that to take place. We want to see students in the life of the church every time we gather together, and, and we need to let them know they are welcome here. We want them here. Not just that they're welcome. We want them here. We want, even though at times it gets a little messy, we want them here. Now, the ultimate purpose of student life is to see transformation. And we want you to, to hear a couple of stories. You guys, uh, Chip, you already made us cry earlier this summer. I'm gonna do it today. Uh, yeah, Not yeah. Today. But These the, kids might though. The stories that you all were a part of this summer, incredible. Incredible. Yeah, life transformation. So um, let's, let's watch this, uh, th these testimonies. story was I uh, lived in California since I turned 11 and then we moved to Arizona so we tried to find a church and the first time first one we found was super close to our house about five minutes and we came to this one and automatically I kind of knew it was the one I went to Camp Pondo I wanted to know what was it like to speak to God and uh, I asked Sarah, and she gave me the answer to just be in the mood, like chill and just in your thoughts. The next day, I walked through the woods and in my thoughts, just talking to him how my day was going and then how my life was going too. He just said, it's okay. And then the next day, it happened again when we were in chapel listening to those songs. And then, yeah, that's how I listened to him for the first time. I'm improving my relationship with God by praying with Him and trying to talk to Him as much as possible, going to church every Sunday if possible, and going to the 6 p.m. Uh, pool parties and just having fun and then trying to stay close to Him as much as possible. So one of my best friends is Jake Webb. He texts me, he's like, hey bro, there's one spot left on the trip entirely um he said it'd be completely free for you to go you know please let me know as soon as possible when you want to go i was kind of like juggling around with it like do i really want to go like is it something that would benefit me and i think the the reason why i wanted to go was i just really wanted things to change camp was it was amazing um you know when i first came here on that sunday morning i only knew like two or three people, you know, it was Jake and his brother Luke, you know, during that cabin time, it, I think that's when it clicked that I was like, I truly feel close to God. I feel his, you know, his love, his care, his faithfulness. And it just clicked because I realized that I hadn't had that in so many years. And so it was just amazing to be able to actually feel that again and to feel 
close and, you know, be happy with yourself and your life and God as a whole. As the days went on, I, you know, you sit with new people, you just start talking to new people. And it was weird how on the bus ride there, I only knew Jake. And on the bus ride back, Jake wasn't even on the bus and I knew half the bus. By the end, like it was, it blew me away how many people I met, how close I felt with God, how, just how amazing that was. You know, I've told certain people like that was the best week that I've had probably since the beginning of like middle school. It's worth the shot. It's worth the shot to try and reconnect with God. You know, just, just feel good about yourself and, you know, everything in your life. Um, so yeah, I was, I'm really glad that I went to camp. A month ago, I was not very involved. Um, I think I've come a long way, and now I'm constantly coming to everything. When um, initially I got a text from my mom, and she was like, hey, I signed you up for this camp. You're gonna go with Savannah. And at first I was like, I really don't, I'm not really comfortable with people at first, so I thought it was gonna be awkward and weird. When we did the worship seminar, when we all like separated with our church, like the girls and stuff, like our cabin, and we actually talked to Lauren for probably two or three hours, and we didn't switch stations or anything. With Lauren, we, it just like felt like we actually belonged there, because personally, if I was with a big group, I wouldn't have opened up, but I felt like that moment was just meant to happen, and it was when I really actually opened up during the entire camp. I'd say they should go, because it's a great way to get to meet new people, and it's honestly nice to just like get away and have fun. At first, you might think it might be bad, but in the middle of the week, I feel like we all realized how much it impacted all of our lives, just meeting each other and like becoming friends with each other. Like I can see myself being friends with him for a long time, and I didn't think that that was gonna happen. Um, I've been coming like on and off for like about five months. It was because of Dagny. She like one day she's like, why don't you just like come to student life with me? And that's kind of how it all started. Usually we would hang out on Sundays. I would have to like take her home before student life. And one day we were just like, why don't you just come with? Now every single Sunday we hang out, she just comes with. I invited Bella to camp. We were kind of hoping to like go to summer camp together too. And we were both really excited. A big God moment that I had was we were at worship and the speaker who was up there gave everyone three options. And the first option was raise your hand if you are gonna connect with Jesus like today, like right now. And that was what I wanted to do because I had never done that before. And he told me to repeat the words after him and I did. And I even started crying a little bit, which I don't really cry. And I just felt like he was right there with me. And it made me really happy. I wanted to connect with Jesus and I felt like I just needed to. I plan to keep following Jesus. I have a lot of questions still about everything, but I'm gonna try my hardest to try to like do new things and like keep letting him in. I'm really happy about it. And so I think that was a really big step for me. And I think just like keep coming to student life will like help me keep following him. Oh, I love it. Oh, we lost Chip. Oh, we lost him. <laughs> I love those uh, stories. Yeah. So awesome.
I, I, I love how God brings the right people at the right time to, to bring about his life change. And, you know, on a Wednesday to camp or through invitation again and again and again, and finally someone says yes, maybe just to get us off, you know, their back, and how God uses that moment to change a life forever. And McDowell, you're a part of a church that's planting seeds in Generation Z that will um, bear much fruit, and that's what God calls us to do. So give us a picture real quick of your vision, like the ministry. What, what do we want student life to be about here at McDowell? Yeah, so for us, student life is a place for 6th through 12th graders in the valley um, to do these three things. We want them to encounter Jesus, journey together, and discover their purpose. Um, for us, everything, we else, everything else we do kind of filters through that. We do have a lot of pizza and Kona ice, <laughs> and those actually are all for a purpose. So um, do you want to talk about encountering Jesus a little yeah. bit? Yeah, so for us, encountering Jesus, it starts with Sunday nights. So we'll kick off in two weeks. Everybody needs to be there. Uh, if you know a teenager in your neighborhood, tell them they got to go, bring them here, you know, uh, maybe ask their parent ahead of time first. But, uh, yeah, we want everybody to be here Sunday nights. Just set aside that hour and a half every week, set aside for the Lord uh, and to be in that community. We also do camps and retreats. That's a big part of, of kind of what we do uh, to help kids encounter Jesus every week, a chance to, a safe place to, to hear a message about Jesus and to uh, be introduced to him. Let's talk a little about journey groups. Yeah, so journey together. Um, I was listening to a podcast yesterday that said that one of the big questions that Gen Z is asking is where do I fit? Um, and for us, we do this together. We do something called journey groups where the last 30 minutes of Sunday nights, um, our students meet together with their same grade and gender. So sixth grade guys go with sixth grade guys, sixth grade girls go with sixth grade girls. And then they have two um, adult leaders who meet with them. And that's a great time, like you were talking about, the safe place. That oh. is a safe place for them to rescue through or to wrestle through questions of faith um, and to just build community with each other. So journey groups is a big piece for us, as well as as adult coaches. We have about 27, I think, adult coaches who volunteer their time to walk with these students um, and to just be a safe place for them. Um, and you are a part of that. We view the church um, as a community that's going to walk alongside these teenagers. Um, Chip and I can't do it on our own. We need your support. We need your prayers. Um, and we just want to do it together. And then parents of teens. Um, we choose to partner with parents. We think it's so much better that way. Um, we get an hour and a half a week with them, and you get many more hours <laughs> in, as a vital part of their discipleship. So journey together. We do it as a team, um, and we walk alongside each other. Yeah, parents on Wednesday, if you want, you can come here 8 to 10. We're buying coffee for you. Just kind of first day back to school in Oakland, Scottsdale. Uh, Unified School District, and so we want to connect with you. We've got a parent thing at the end of the month where you get a chance to meet the coaches. Uh, we'll have a parent night at the same time as student life in September. Lots of things because we got to do it as one tribe. we got to do it together as a church body and, and kind of link arms. Our last purpose, our last uh, core value is discover your purpose. And uh, we really believe that we got to help students find their, their purpose and that now is a great time to explore that. So we do that through student leadership. Uh, we, a lot of you are mentors to STEM, so you meet with a student one-on-one, -on -one, and we have a program called cross-mentoring, where the students uh, get with an adult, and they kind of get coached up once a month and get a kind of process life, do that face-to-face -face thing that they're so uh, much in need of. And then 
we're big believers in serving. Uh, students have a lot of things around here, uh, but they also want to make a difference. And so we're going to Mexico in the fall. That's a family trip. Even, even families can go. Uh, you'll see a lot of serving opportunities that our church already does that we link arms with and really believe that we got to get kids active. we got a great student leadership team. They kick off with a retreat late, just later today and tomorrow. They are fantastic, and they come and do some extra stuff. And you saw a bunch of kids serving every Sunday. You'll see these kids, not just today, but uh, serving in different weeks. So big believers in helping this generation use their desire to make a difference and discover their purpose all at the same time. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, the, the team's going to come. They're going to lead us in one last song. But I want to answer the question, what can we do, right? What can we do as a church? What can you do? You're sitting here and you're like, okay, Matt, great. That's awesome. I'm glad we're a church that does all those things. I'm glad somebody's doing that. What can I do? Well, here are a few things that you can do, and maybe you just want to pick out one or two of these. Number one, you can pray for students. You can write down somewhere every morning, you know, student ministry or student life, and you can pray for the students um, that, that, that are here at McDowell or those who are in these schools. If you have kids and you're dropping them off, pray for the kids when you're dropping them off. It's important to do that. In two weeks, you are going to have some key tags. Yep. We're going to have little key fobs with a student's name printed on them, and we would love for you to take them, put it on your keychain, and pray for them throughout this year. We believe in the power of prayer um, and just carrying them, our students, through the year. So, yeah. so two weeks, you'll have the opportunity. Very practical, simple thing. In two weeks, if you're here, there are going to be little key tags out there. You can take one. It'll say, like, one of my son's name is Calvin. It'll say, Calvin, you take that. You put it on your keychain. You pray for Calvin as much as you see that keychain. Maybe once a month, write a note to encourage Calvin. Um, I'm asking all of you to pray for Calvin and to encourage him. <laughs> you're welcome. Um, and uh, whoever you're the student is that you pick up, you take that one and you pray for him. It's a practical thing that all of us can do. Anybody can do that. Um, the second thing, you can provide, we, you can help provide a, a safe place for students to connect and ask honest questions. We're doing that in, in the evenings. We have 27 adult coaches, 27 who are giving up time every week to, to connect with these students. The next thing that we can do is you can encourage students. When you see students leading worship up here, when you see students greeting, when you see students in the children's classrooms, encourage them. Encourage them. Tell them how thankful you are for them and encourage them in, in the things that they're doing. The next thing that you can do is you can invite a student to serve alongside you. Now, this is kind of a, a, a backdoor way to say we need you to serve as well. And as you serve, invite a student along. They love those connections. Students in this next gen love the connections with you as you serve and you can serve alongside. Now, you know this last one. You know that I'm going to say this. We're not going to pass plates today, but you can help fund the mission. You can help support what we're doing as a church. Every one of us together can do so much more than we can do separately. So you can help support financially uh, the mission that we have with our student life. Now, I've said this for years. One of my visions uh, for our student life is that we would have a male and female uh, student director or pastor at, at, at our local schools. And it's a big vision. I would love to see that we would have a Chip and Sarah for Scottsdale schools, that we'd have a Chip and Sarah for Fountain Hills schools, we'd have a Chip and Sarah for some of our private schools, and that we would lead the way in Scottsdale, Fountain Hills, and this part of Phoenix in reaching Gen Z. Now, this last year, I had someone who walked up to me and gave me some seed money for that and said, I would love to start to plant that idea and, and, and fund that idea. 
And you as a church are so generous. And I just want to say thank you. And I would just invite you to continue to give generously to the mission, that you're making a difference, that it's making a difference. It matters when you give to the church. So thank you for your generosity. Let's continue to move that mission forward and see what God would do through all of us. Now I'm going to ask you to stand. They're going to lead us in one last song uh, of worship today. Aren't you so thankful for our students and our team? That's awesome. <laughs> Father, you are good, and um, all of us are shaped by our families, by our friends, by media. We're all born into a generation, and uh, that generation shapes us in certain ways, and Generation Z is no different. There are some incredible things about this next generation. There's some incredible things that you're doing in their lives. There's some challenges that are there. God, help us be a church that doesn't just focus on what we want or what we need individually, but help us as a church to have a vision for all people, every age, every tribe, every ethnicity, Give us your spirit to transform us and move us to love everyone, everywhere. In Jesus' name.